Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. We believe that this message is going to bless your life, encourage you, and strengthen your walk with Jesus. Grab a notebook, a pen, and let's jump right in. Amen. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Man, what a beautiful day outside today, right? This is one of those days I wish that we had the retractable roof. Come on, somebody. Wouldn't that be awesome? Just let the sun shine in. It would be incredible. But we don't, so we're in here today. But I believe that God's power, God's presence is in this place today. I want to encourage you right now to buckle up, to get ready. Because, man, as I was working in my office this morning and preparing and getting things ready for the service, I really felt God's presence in the midst of this message. So I believe that God has something that he wants to speak to everyone. Every single heart and life in this place, and even those that are watching online right now today, look at your neighbor and say, get ready. Look at the person on the other side. You know your second choice. Come on, you guys got it. Make sure they're ready. Wake them up this morning. We are in a series right now that we're calling Multiply. That's our heart for 2022 is, Lord, would you multiply every aspect of our lives? Lord, multiply our impact in this community. Man, we got Convoy of Hope this coming Thursday night. The truck's coming in Friday morning. We're distributing it into about 12 to 14 different communities around the area. Come on, that's multiplication, right? God, multiply us in every area of our lives. Multiply our relationship with you, God. As we dive into your word, Lord, multiply our relationship with one another. Multiply your church. Lord, multiply our generosity as we give of ourselves and as we give financially back to you. Multiply every portion of who we are. Why? Because we're his anyway. Your next breath is is because of him. Your ability to take that next step forward is, is because of him. Why not surrender it all? Why not say, Lord, I make myself available to you. Multiply my life. That's where we are as we're looking through the book of Acts. We're discovering how the early church responded to Jesus' call, the great commission the great commandment, rather, that called us to go into all the world, the great commission to share the good news of Jesus Christ with everyone, everywhere. How did they respond? And therefore, how do we respond today? Because again, sometimes we're guilty of hiding it under a bushel, hiding it under the baskets. But God says, no, 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 no. It's time to let that light shine to the world around you. Our text today is found in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, and it says this, and now, look at your neighbors say now, and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Come on, it's not enough to come in on a Sunday morning and to pray a simple little prayer and to walk out the door and say, I'm done. Come on. But here, Paul says, 
just as you accepted Christ, just as you had that moment of surrender, you've got to continue to follow him. How do we do that? Let your roots grow down deep into him. In other words, hide his word in your hearts. Spend time in conversation and prayer to God. I don't know how to pray, Pastor. Sure you do. You know how to talk. If you know how to talk, you know how to pray. God's not looking for a bunch of fancy words. You don't have to say, my our Father is in heaven, is I bestoweth myself upon you. I don't even know what that means. But you say, Lord, here I am. Just talk with him. Share your heart with him. Let your roots grow down deep into him. Let your lives be built upon him. Let your, then your faith will grow strong in the truth. Come on. Man, we're real guilty in this culture today of building our lives upon junk. Well, I learned it on TikTok. It must be true. I read it on Facebook. It must be right. No, that's trash. This is the foundation. The very word of God, the, 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 the truth, the guidebook for our lives. This is what we build upon. Man, some of you need to close your account. Some of you, man, I haven't been on Facebook, praise God, since January. It's so relieving. Sorry, Facebook, I know we're using you right now. Thank you for allowing us to stream on your service. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> man, God can use what the enemy means for evil. God can turn it around for good. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to use it for good. I'd encourage you, man, get off that junk. And in that time that you would have been spending, investing in TikTok and, and Instagram and Facebook, or if you're old school, MySpace, come on any MySpace users out there, I really thought MySpace was going to take over when it first came out, because I liked it better than Facebook, but they didn't use my opinion and it died. So anyway, instead of investing that time there, why not invest that here? So that your roots will grow down deep. So you'll build your life upon him. Therefore, your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught. And you'll overflow. Come on. The only way you can overflow is by pouring in an abundance of something. Right? You can't overflow by just pouring a little bit. But you begin to overflow when an abundance and an abundance and an overpouring of stuff pours into your life. Suddenly that floods to the world around you and you multiply. Because every step you take, you slosh a little bit of Jesus. That's the original Greek word there, slosh. It means to overflow into the world around you. And as I look at this verse, I feel like that's the life that Paul and Barnabas were striving to live. Now, why did I say striving? Because I'm sure there were moments in there that they fell short. They were striving to live this life. They were allowing their roots to grow down deep into Jesus, not allowing that which was around them to sway them or to take them off course so I wonder today in your life, how do you respond when the wind, the storms, and even the noise of life 
takes over. You see, a tree, when the wind begins to blow, when the storms come in, the reason why a tree can stay solid is because the roots begin to go deep. And I wonder, when the storms are raging, have your roots been established in the things of God? The problem is, too often, we're like Paul in Romans chapter 7, where he says, I am all too human. Anybody in the house ever guilty of being all too human? Absolutely, all across this house today, we're all too human, but the goal for us is to grow deep in the Lord, to allow our roots to pull nourishment and life from God and God alone. Our text goes on to say that as we do that, as we grow deeper in Him, our faith begins to grow Now refer back to the very opening sentence, just as you accepted Christ, you must continue to follow him. Today what I want to talk about for the next few moments, and I'm going to encourage you, hold on tight. We have six points to get through this morning. What I want to share with you today is how do we deal with differences in opinion and what role does God's grace have in this journey that we're taking with Christ. In fact, I want to look at chapter 15 of the book of Acts and see exactly what Paul and Barnabas were experiencing in their journey to Antioch. Now, right off the bat, Paul and Barnabas run into a group of believers that were seemingly resting in self-righteousness The self-righteousness of religiosity. What do I mean by that? I mean they had settled in the fact that if I just do all the right things and I avoid doing the wrong things and if I can just check mark everything on my religious card, then suddenly I'm going to be okay. It's kind of like a coffee card at Ozark. You punch enough of those little buttons in there and you, you earn enough points. In fact, at Ozark you get 17 points. You get a free coffee. Come on. Some of us treat our walk with Christ like that. If I just punch that reward card enough, then everything will be okay. And that's the group of people that Paul and Barnabas encountered in Antioch. They they were resting in this self-righteousness. In other words, they were trying to live life by the law and bypass the grace of God. We'll get to that in just a moment, but understand this. We cannot bypass grace. Come on. We cannot bypass grace. This message this morning is going to shake some of you at your core because you have been raised up in this religious, sacred cow society of the church. Boy, you guys are quiet today. But what Paul and Barnabas discovered is this this legalistic mindset isn't what God chose to establish through Christ. But it was this life of forgiveness and grace. We're going to get to that in just a moment. 
six observations of our journey with Jesus. Number one is this. Don't make difficult what God made easy. Don't make difficult what God made easy. Let's be completely transparent this morning. As Christians, we have this tendency of making things more difficult than they need to be. Right? Listen carefully. Salvation costs you nothing. But it costs Jesus everything. Salvation costs you nothing. It costs Jesus everything. So let's lean in to what Jesus made available. Look at our story today. Acts 15 verse 1. While Paul and Barnabas were at Antioch in Syria... Some men from Judea arrived and began teaching, began to teach the believers, unless you are circumcised, I'm not going to get into what that is. If you're curious, Google it. No, don't Google it. After service, ask the person sitting beside you, and on the way to lunch, they'll explain it. Unless you are circumcised, woo, come on back in. As required by the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. Let me say it again. Don't make difficult what God made easy. What, we fail, what they failed to understand in that moment was that when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary for your sin and my sin, he accomplished what the law could not do. You see, the problem was the law. You and I have a tendency of falling short of the law. Anybody ever fall short of the law? You don't always make the smartest choices. Anybody in the room ever make a dumb choice? If you didn't raise your hand, you just made one. Because every one of us sin, every one of us falls short. Does that mean that we embrace the sin? No, 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 no. Remember, we lean into what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. But we don't make difficult what God made easy. We, need, we needed a better plan. Therefore, Jesus came to offer that plan. Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death. What you deserve, here's the truth, what you deserve because of the poor choices that you make in life, what you truly deserve is death. Spiritual separation from God for all eternity. But I don't know about you, I am so grateful that Romans chapter 6 verse 23 doesn't stop there. I'm so grateful that it goes on because what God made easy, we can't make difficult. He goes on to say this, but, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Did you see that? The, the free gift of God, this is eternal life. Yet how often do we make that which is free, so taxing. 
That's what this group was trying to do, stating that following the law to the point of circumcision was the only way to salvation. Yet the Bible clearly tells you and clearly tells me that a life of confession and surrender to Jesus is the only way. There's one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus. 1 John chapter 9, I'm sorry, chapter 1, verse 9, I quote this scripture almost every single Sunday. It says this, but if we confess our sin to him, if we confess the shortcomings, the, the failures, the difficulties, the struggles, if we confess them to God, then he is faithful to, and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all wickedness, all unrighteousness, all wrongdoing. Again, we can't make difficult what God made so, so very easy. Our second observation is this. God sees us where we are and loves us through it all. Come on. Aren't you glad today that, that God sees you where you are and, and he loves you through it all? Acts chapter 15 verse 8 says this. God knows people's hearts. Ooh, hold on. God knows people's heart, and he confirmed that he accepts Gentiles, that's you and me, by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us, to the Jews. You see, true transformation begins on the inside of who we are. Now, this can be difficult sometimes because we place so many stipulations on what needs to be accomplished to come to God. If you want to come to God, you've got to do this, and you've got to do this, and you've got to do this. You've got to straighten this up. You've got to stop doing this. You've got to quit hanging out with them. You have to stop going here. You've got to stop going there. And God says, just come to me and let me fix all the junk. See, God sees us where we are, but he loves us. Through it all. It boils down to one simple question. What does your heart look like? You see, if there's junk in your life that needs to be cleaned out, if there's junk taking up the space that God really wants to hold on to, perhaps it's time for you to do some house cleaning. To rid yourself of that which is slowing you down and alive. It's time to surrender it over to God and allow him to take residence in you. Because it's not something you can earn. It's not something that you can do. You see, salvation is by grace and grace alone. It's not how hard I work if I just serve enough in the church. If I just greet enough, if I stand outside in the rain and I welcome people. If I drive the church van to pick people up, if I sing and get here earlier than anybody else in the building, no. See, salvation is through faith in Jesus. It's not about you, it's not about me, but salvation should bring glory to God and, and God alone. So I look at all of this and I process this idea of grace and I process this idea of God's love for you and for me and I realize something. There's an incredible equation in life that sums up Jesus and it's this. Jesus plus nothing 
equals everything. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. That's what the early church council had to discover, that the Gentiles were not bound by the law or even with circumcision. They were saved through grace and by grace alone. Jesus forgave them and made them new because of the price that he paid on the cross of Calvary, because of the love that Jesus has for you and for me. He sees us where we are, and he takes us where we need to be because of grace. What is grace? It's unearned favor poured upon a heart of repentance. Grace is unearned favor. Again, it's not something I can do. It's not what I deserve. It's not, I can't do enough things. It's not because of who I am, but it's undeserved favor poured upon a heart of repentance. So what is repentance? Repentance is turning away from my sin and having a desire to go in a direction toward Christ. Yes, God loves you right where you are. Even in the midst of your struggle, he loves you so much, but he loves you too much to leave you where you are. He wants to bring you to a better place. That's why he sent Jesus. Our third observation is this. Grace is freely given, yet not always given away. Grace is freely given, but not always given given away. What do I mean by this? Let me paint a a little picture for you today. We've already established in this room today, we all mess up. We all fail and falter and have shortcomings in life. But in those moments, did you ever come to the place that you thought, man, I just wish they would show me a little bit of grace in this moment? Absolutely. Let me turn this around just a moment. Has there ever been somebody that's around you that's messed up? Or or perhaps they've even done you wrong, but you just couldn't come to the place of giving them grace? That's what's happening here. This group of religious people, of self-righteous individuals, they were putting stipulations on what God could and couldn't do. They were in essence saying, grace is not enough. Right? That's what they were saying. They're saying these Gentiles can't be saved. These Gentiles can't be changed because they haven't completed the law. They haven't been circumcised. They were saying that grace was not enough. But Paul responded in verse 10, So why are we now challenging God? Come on, look at that. Man, he calls them out, doesn't he? He looks at this group of religious, self-righteous individuals, and he says, Dude, who are you to challenge God? Why are we challenging God by burdening the Gentile believers with a yoke that neither you nor our ancestors were able to bear? He's saying, man, sure, you may be circumcised, 
But you know, there, there's a lot of other rules and regulations in the mitzvot, in the, in the rule book. 600 and some odd rules. And, and I'm certain that there's a whole handful that you're not keeping. So why are we putting this burden upon the Gentiles to complete something that you nor your ancestors could fulfill? Come on. Grace is freely given, yet not always given away. He says, we believe that we are all saved the same way by the undeserved grace of the Lord Jesus. Have you ever felt guilty of clouding God's grace with, or been guilty of clouding God's grace with stipulations that you thought should be put in place prior to grace being given? We know that the Bible tells us that God's grace is sufficient. It's, it's all we need. Yet when it's needed, we struggle to give it to those that truly need it. So here's my challenge to you today. Stop playing God. This side's really quiet. That's why I keep kind of coming over here. Stop playing God. Quit making difficult what God's made easy. It's not our responsibility to fix them. It's our responsibility to catch them. It's his responsibility to clean them up. Come on, I remember as a young boy, my uncle, Uncle Ray, he lived in Poplar Bluff, Missouri, and periodic we go down to Lake Wapapella we get on the bass boat and I was catching Chris my brother was hanging up Tony he gets stuck in every tree and I catch all the fish but I catch all these fish I mean I was doing pretty good but not once did I ever have to clean the fish it wasn't my responsibility to clean them it was my responsibility to catch them Church, it's not our responsibility to clean them. It's our responsibility to catch them. We have been called to be fishers of men, not keepers of the aquarium. Come on, come on, come on. Stop playing God. Let God do the work. Let God put all the pieces back together. Number four is this. We must pave the road to God, not place hurdles of resistance in the path. Pave the road to God, not place hurdles of resistance in the path. How quickly we are to want it easy for ourselves, yet we make it so difficult for the outsider. Now, we may not verbalize that. If I was to ask you today, how many of you want to make it difficult for the outsider? I don't think any of you in the room or even those online watching today would want to admit that, yeah, I want to make it difficult for them. But as Christians, sadly enough, more often than not, that's exactly how it plays out. But our goal as followers of Christ should be to do everything in our ability to make it easy for the broken to be restored and for the lost to be found. As a staff, we have taken on this statement. In fact, it's posted on a sign in every one of our offices. We take on the hard and heavy 
to make it easy for the one. And I want to challenge you to take that on as well. Some of you may want to take a picture of the screen or write this down this morning. And you may want to make this a challenge every day. Say, Lord, help me to take on the hard and the heavy to make it easy for the one. What do I mean the one? Well, Jesus talked about the one. The one lost lamb. The lost coin. The prodigal son. But in each of the stories, he goes on to say that when they are found, there's a great celebration. Church, that's what we need to do. Every time a lost lamb is found, every time a prodigal son comes home, every time they're re-entered into the family, there should be an eruption of celebration and excitement of what Jesus has done. Why? Because the one has returned home. It's our responsibility to make it a way, make a way where there seems to be no way for them. Verse 19 says this, and so my, this is Paul speaking, my judgment is that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. We can't make it difficult. Why? It's a free gift. Freely given because of Christ. Observation number five today. The Holy Spirit will lead if we allow him. Come on. The Holy Spirit will lead if we allow him. Look at verse 28 through 29. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit, and we're going to talk about how they understood that in just a moment. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these few requirements. You must abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood or meat of strangled animals, or from sexual immorality. If you do this, You will do well. Farewell. How did they align themselves with the Holy Spirit? They did this by being a people of prayer. That that over and over and over again, they were dedicating time away and time alone to prayer, to seeking the wisdom of God. Now, Jesus, before he ascended back to heaven... He made this statement, when the spirit of truth comes, in other words, when the Holy Spirit descends upon you, you, uh, he will guide you into what? Into what? All truth. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will lead you, he will guide you into all truth. But again, We have to be willing to follow that. Now, I could tell you today, here's what you need to do, and you have a choice whether you follow that or not. The other day, my son and I were heading to Sweet Springs, and we were driving down the road. I was taking the back roads, and Siri was not having it. She did not like that I was being defiant. And I went this direction, and she's telling me to turn right, and I'm like, I don't want to turn right. I want to go straight, because I know better than you, and I, and I keep going, and I keep going. And she keeps recalculating, recalculating, recalculating. And finally, she just gave up, and she decided to go my way. 
But you know what I found out? On the back side of things, her way was about seven minutes faster than my way. Yet how often in this walk with Christ, we'd rather try things our way. And the Holy Spirit's going, but I got a better plan. Oh, no, I'm good. But I, I, I got a better way. No, 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 this is going to work out well. Nine times out of ten, man, we're way down here on a pathway we should have never gone. They spent time in prayer seeking the face of God. Church, it's vital that we, the church, pursue and accept the leadership of the Holy Spirit. This is discovered through prayer and fasting and dedicated devotion to God's word, allowing his word to take residence in us. We saw that demonstrated in chapter 13. Before they sent Paul and Barnabas out, they sought the face of God. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, it says this. Anyone with ears. Everybody do this. Just make sure you got them. Okay, everybody in the room's got ears. Anyone with ears to hear must listen. Right? We are given two ears for a reason. So that we listen. Listen to the Spirit and understand what He is saying to the church. I challenge you today, stop listening to the noise and the commotion around you. Be still long enough to hear the voice of the Lord. On my phone a couple of weeks ago, a, a slide popped up from years past. And I can't remember how many years ago it was that I saw this, this slide. I had the office recreate it. Take a look. It says, be still and know that I am God. And it breaks down each one of these sections. Be still. That means stop talking. Switch off your phone. Stop commenting. Just listen. Stop arguing. Stop questioning. Stop moaning. I want to add stop groaning. Just be still. And know. I mean, stop doubting. Just, just be sure. Have faith. You're not going to have all the answers, but have faith. Just trust in God. Be still and know that I am God, that he is God Almighty. Go ahead, Ryland. He is God Almighty. He is God in control, that God is love, that God is king, that God is my hope, my rock, my fortress, that God is ever-present, a help in times of trouble, that God is my father, that God is my shepherd, that he will lead me, nourish me, protect me, and restore me. Be still and know that he is God. Church, it's time to stop doing it on our own. It's time to stop trying to fight the battle by ourselves. It's time to stop playing church. It's time to stop playing God. It's time to turn to Him and let the Lord lead the way. Be still and know that He is God. And our final observation is this. Don't allow our differences to cause division. Look what happened, verse 36 to 39. After some time, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark, but Paul disagreed strongly since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. 
Their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus. Now, on the surface, this agreement, it seemed like a major issue and that it caused a major problem. Twice in that verse, first time, it says that they had a disagreement, strong disagreement, and then later on it says the disagreement was very sharp. Come on, have you ever had a sharp disagreement with somebody? But in the reality, God turned it around for something good. See, what could have been a mess and caused division in the church actually multiplied the impact for the kingdom of God. Now not just one missionary journey, but now two missionary journeys are going out. Come on, how many of you know we can do more when more of us go out than when just one? I was in a meeting with John Maxwell a couple of weeks ago, and he made this statement Differences are inevitable. Division is a choice. Differences are inevitable. We're going to have differences. Why? Because we're human. Some of you don't like the McRib, and you're wrong, and that's okay. You're haters. Haters going to hate. Differences are inevitable. But division is a choice. If we really want to make a difference for the kingdom of God, we must resist the urge to allow differences to create division in the body of believers. We must let God use those moments to further his kingdom and not destroy what he desires to accomplish. Remember, it is less of us and more of him. That must be our heart's cry. What have we discovered this morning? Don't make difficult what God made easy. God sees us where we are and loves us through it all. That grace is freely given, yet not always given away. That we must pave the road to God, not place hurdles of resistance in the path. That the Holy Spirit will lead us if we allow Him. And finally, don't allow our differences to cause division. I'm going to challenge you today. Allow God to take such a deep root in your life that the DNA of Jesus runs freely through your veins. I want to challenge you to take on the hard and the heavy, to take on the difficult, to make it easy for the one. Would you bow your heads with me today? Thank you again for listening to the Encounter Church podcast. We pray that this message was a blessing and an encouragement to your life.